You are listening to the teaching ministries of Southwest Church, located in the heart of Springboro, Ohio, at 150 Remick Boulevard, beside the Kaufman Family YMCA. Please visit our website at www.southwestchurch.org. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Senior Minister Roger Hendricks. Yes, this weekend marks our 20th birthday as a church, and... uh, That was our mission partner church uh, and friends in El Salvador, and it's been a great weekend here at Southwest as we uh, began our 20th anniversary celebration on Friday night with a pig roast, and and that was a lot of fun. You know, I've heard of pig roast. I've never been a part of a pig roast. I even got to hold the pig, okay? And uh, that was exciting. And by the way, my wife and I overheard this conversation in one family where a daughter said, ooh, I don't want to eat the pork if it comes from from that pig, and I'm just going to eat some hot dogs. And (laughs) my wife said, and where do they come from? But that's another story for another day. But but uh, we had a concert following that, and that was, uh, that was fun as well, and we just had a lot of special things on Friday night, and we have truly much to be thankful for here at Southwest in our first 20 years as a church. So let's give thanks. If you would, let's pray together. God, we thank you for what a faithful God you are. We thank you, God, that you are God that uh, makes great promises and you deliver all the time. Father, we thank you for how you planted the the seed of this thought in the hearts of just a, a small group of people 20 years ago to start a new church in Southwest Ohio. And Father, we're so grateful for how you've continued to bless and guide and lead us every step of the way. And Father, we want to give you all the thanks and all the praise for how you've blessed this church. And yet, Father, we know you've got more things in store for us in the next 20 years and beyond. And so we ask, Father, that you'll just help us be faithful, help us be attentive to your lead, and that you will just keep guiding us every step of the way. And Father, we pray that in all of it, that you'll receive the glory, that Jesus will be exalted, that more and more people will be brought to him. We pray today that you'll just work through me and the words I've prepared, and I pray for this message to truly speak, encouragement, challenge, inspiration, whatever anyone might need as they sit here. I just pray that you'll speak into every heart today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, throughout this weekend, we've been reviewing our history as a church and celebrating the many, many ways that that God has smiled upon us as a church. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in our message. And And yet, let's quickly review some things we touched on last week as we kicked off this new message series entitled, Go Fish. And so if you've got message, you got your Bible or you've got message notes, you can follow along in the bulletin. There's a list of scriptures we're going to be looking at today. And the first word that we want to focus on today is the word review. In the first week of this series, as 
you can see by the banners behind me, uh, we reviewed our purpose statement as a church. The reason that we exist here in Southwest Ohio, and that's from the very beginning of our history as a church, we've wanted to live out what it means to love, serve, and share. As we talked last week, this series of messages is focused on emphasizing that three, uh, the third of those three words, the share component of our purpose statement. And so let's review last week the initial call that, that Jesus made for people to follow him when he first started gathering uh, a group of followers. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, we read this passage last week when Jesus simply said, follow me and I will make you fish for people. The initial call challenges uh, challenged them and it challenges us today as we read it to, to first make the head decision that we're going to follow Jesus. And that's what we're all about as a church. We're a church that's serious about following Jesus. And so, so that's that initial call that we're going to take our cues for life, uh, the decisions we make, the way we conduct ourselves in relationships. We're going to take that all from following Jesus and his teachings. That's a head decision, but it also should lead to a heart decision that we want to be changed by Jesus, that we long for him to transform us and change us and and mold us into the people that he wants us to be. So it's got to go just beyond the head. It's got to go to the heart that we have that heart willing to follow him and be changed by him. But then we want to get hands-on practical of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, and that means trying to influence others to also follow Jesus. And that, that leads us to our mission statement here at Southwest, which is following Jesus, making disciples. In this small group series that goes along with these messages, we've been discussing and we will continue to discuss how we can apply practically that mission into our daily lives. And by the way, it's, it's not too late to jump into a small group this fall. You'll find in the bulletin this kind of cream color uh, listing of small groups and there's contact info. And we want to encourage you, if you've not already plugged into one of the small groups that are going on this fall, uh, contact the leader of that group. Or if, if you're a little shy to do that, just mark on the communication card this weekend, hey, I want to be a part of a small group. And someone will reach out to you this week. This past week in our small groups, we read together and discussed Jesus' initial invitation to that first group of guys, some guys named Andrew and Simon Peter and and James and John, and they were all fishermen. And they were called to this exciting life mission of following Jesus and making disciples. And, And in fact, they were called to become fishers of people, to intentionally seek to influence others to also follow Jesus. Now, as we've rolled out this message series, as we've even rolled out this small group series, maybe some of you have felt a bit apprehensive or a bit fearful with the the thought of trying to intentionally influence a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, or uh, someone that you just interact with in daily life and trying to influence them to become a Jesus follower as well. Well, I think that's a natural response. In fact, when you look at uh, 
even that initial calling to Simon Peter. As he was in a boat, a fisherman, and Jesus did this miracle, and they had this great catch of fish. And, and Jesus, excuse me, Simon Peter, as he realized he was in the presence of, of someone greater than he'd ever been before, he felt unworthy of that calling. He felt fearful of, of that, that mission that Jesus was giving him for life. And listen to how Jesus responded to his fear and his anxiety. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, in Luke 5. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. Oftentimes in life, to answer God's call or prodding in our lives, we have to face our fears. And we have to decide that we'll not give in to our fears, but instead, by faith, we'll accept God's call, God's prodding in our life. That was the case for me when we first launched this church 20 years ago. It was an exciting, exhilarating time, but I have to be honest, it was a bit fearful. You see, there was a group, it was actually just a small group of people, I think we've got the picture of us when uh, we made a decision, this was just in a family's home, we made a decision back in the summer of 97 to, to start this new church. And we've got small groups much bigger than this today, but that was the church at its conception. And some of you might be looking at that picture and saying, well, where are you at, Roger, in the picture? Well, I didn't have the forethought to put myself in the picture. I took the picture, okay? I was the photographer, so I'm not there, but you can see my wife and my kids. They were young at that time. But I can still vividly remember the excitement, this, this, this thought, this big thought of, of we're gonna start a new church in Southwest Ohio, and we're just meeting in homes, and through the course of the praying and planning and seeking God's lead in our life, uh, uh, we, we made a decision, this group of seven families, to take out a personal loan of $7,000. We, we didn't have any financial backing from any outside organization. And that was kind of scary, but we just did that so that we could cover some of the startup costs and find a, a place to rent to start meeting. And we had, through that effort, we had put out, sent out 10,000 postcards, or, or yeah, 10,000 postcards to homes all over the area, inviting them to come to our grand opening October 5th, 1997. There was a lot of excitement. But I can still remember that, that first Sunday, our, our team met together in the lobby of that banquet center before, about an hour before worship began. Here's the, the location of where we met. I'm, I'm not sure who that dark-haired guy is there speaking. But, but uh, anyways, we, we met in the lobby before worship, and we all held hands, and we prayed for God to work. And, and you know, in the midst of that excitement, for the first time really for several months, I felt this tinge of apprehension and fear. And I thought to myself, what am I gonna do? Because I've talked these people into taking out a loan. I've, I've talked these people into renting this banquet facility. What's gonna happen if no one shows up? And I felt that fear in my heart. But we finished the prayer and shortly after that, cars started pulling into the parking lot. And it was so exciting. We ended up having 100 guests come for that first grand opening. 
And we started this exciting journey of, of seeking to fish for people. You see, it was in that moment that, in those moments of fear, that I think we need to hear Jesus speak into our hearts don't be afraid. You'll begin to catch people. Well, last week, we examined what's our motivation to fish for people? Well, it begins with us remembering, as we talked about last week, that we were all fish once. Now, last week, I shared with you about a letter that I wrote to the guy who first shared Jesus with me. He was a campus minister when I was a college student, and I really was really far away from following Jesus at that point. But this guy reached out to me. He went and played basketball with me. He, he played flag football with me because I love sports, and he did too. And he befriended me. He invited me to his Bible study. He was a campus minister at the college I attended. And I started going to his Bible study, and I started hearing him talk about Jesus in a very personal way. And, and I saw that he wasn't just talking about it. He was living it out in his life. And, and that inspired me. And I wanted I accepted that call to begin following Jesus. And so last week I shared with you the challenge of if you've been influenced by someone else to follow Jesus, or maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus when you were young, but maybe you drifted from that, and then someone later in life stirred, uh, pointed you back to Christ, then last week's challenge was write a letter to them, thanking them for the influence they had in your life. Even if they passed away, write the letter just to celebrate and just to remember how God brought someone into your life that made a difference. It's not too late to write that letter if you haven't already done so. You see, we were all fish once and someone reached out and caught us. In fact, look at, look at how... Ephesians 2 describes this from a biblical basis. In Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says, in the past you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. Yes, in the past your lives were full of those sins. You lived the way the world lives. I know that was true about me. In the past, all of us lived like that trying to please our sinful selves. We did all the things our bodies and minds wanted. Like everyone else in the world, we deserve to suffer God's anger just because of the way we were. You see, a great motivation for those of us that are Christians to share the good news of Jesus with others is out of gratitude that someone mustered the courage up at one time to tell us that Jesus had made a difference in their life and that he might make a difference in our lives as well. Let's remember that difference, that that single invitation, that conversation, or that personal example of someone else's life made in our life. And let's be determined to be those people in the lives of other people to share the good news of Jesus with someone else. Now, as we started this series last week, we said, hey, we want to invite you to come along this journey through this message series and through this accompanying small group series, even if you're not quite sure where you're at in your personal relationship with Christ. Because our hope is that 
If, if you don't yet have that personal faith, that through the course of this series, you'll develop it so that you likewise will have a faith that's worth sharing with others. So you see, we were all fish once. So let's re- as we reviewed that, now let's transition to celebrate. Let's celebrate that we were all caught those of us that are Christians, by God's love along the way. For those of us who've been caught by God's love, I, I love this little transition. You know, when I read that passage from Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 3, some of you might say, that seems a little dark. That seems a little gloomy because he, he's talking about being spiritually dead. He's talking about living the way the world does. He's talking about judgment and all these things. But, but in verse 4, there's this powerful little conjunction word. It's the word But. And it says this in verse four, but because, you see, regardless of how we've lived in the past, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ. In other words, before we were introduced to God's love and and before the good news of Jesus Christ had intersected our lives, we were far away from God. But then, because of God's mercy and his willingness to forgive, and by the way, isn't it good to know that we worship a God who's rich in mercy? He longs to forgive. I'm, I'm grateful because there's things in my past I'm, I'm ashamed of, and yet I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God has forgiven me and that he's rich in mercy and that his mercy is greater than my past mistakes. I'm grateful for that. I hope you're grateful for that this weekend. But also in this text is not only a reminder that God is rich in mercy, but he says that God makes us alive with Christ. He makes us new in Christ. Jesus talked about how that if we follow him and if we put our trust in him, we can be born again. We can begin a new life. We can get a do-over in life. That's good news. And by the way, if you've never experienced that new beginning, if you've never experienced that do-over, maybe you're sitting there today saying, I need a do-over. We wanna invite you to keep coming here in Southwest because we talk about how you can experience that new life. In fact, this Wednesday in our discovery class that we offer once or twice a month, we're gonna talk very practically of how you can have an assurance of being forgiven, how you can come to claim that new life in Christ through faith. If you've never attended that class, we hope you will. So you can learn the good news that God has for you. And yet as we celebrate this this good news, we, we don't take credit for it because we're reminded that it's not based on anything that we can do. It's not based on what, even how we respond. It's, it's purely based upon God's generosity. This is how the Bible describes it as we keep reading in Ephesians chapter two and verse eight. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of, gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Some of your translations might read God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love this passage. Some of you might say, you read it often. I do, because I love that reminder that it's by grace of God that we can be made right with God. And not only that, but God has a plan for a life. And he describes, and and what's true for us individually is that God has a plan to shape each of us into his handiwork or his masterpiece so that in turn, he can work through us to help others. Now, that's true for us individually, but it's also true for us collectively as a church. A central reoccurring theme that's been in my heart throughout this weekend, it was on my prayer this morning, as we celebrate our 20th anniversary. In fact, it's even listed in the bulletin because we want to make sure that we maintain a focus to celebrate as the psalmist wrote, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Now, that same theme is, is emphasized in, in the letter that we've been reading from, Ephesians. It was a letter originally written by the Apostle Paul. And, and in the next chapter, in chapter 3, he, he restates that same theme the psalmist wrote about. In fact, this has been a theme verse for us from the very beginning as a church. In Ephesians 3, verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yes, when we began as that small group huddled in a lobby praying that people would accept our invitation and come and visit our church. We had a big dream. We had a big dream of seeing God build a a growing, healthy church. And yet, as this passage says, God has truly done immeasurably more than we can imagine. On Friday night, we had had a grand time and we celebrated just some of the ways that God's worked through this church, and you're going to see some of those things flash up on the screen as I speak. And yet, as we celebrated those different ways that God has worked through the life of this church, one of the things that really grabbed my heart was we had a number of video testimonies of children that that grew up in this church that are now adults and are out there serving God in various churches throughout the country, some as full-time missionaries, some as full-time ministers, youth ministers. And that, that was so inspiring and encouraging. It was encouraging to hear from our ministry partners of churches we've been able to plant and, and, and finance and help plant. And it was encouraging to hear from people that used to worship here and were part of Southwest and how they shared how their lives have been impacted and now they're serving as small group leaders or even elders in churches in other parts of the country, but how their time at Southwest was a defining point in their life. That was so encouraging to me to see that God has worked through this church to reach people even beyond those who gather on Sundays here or Saturday nights here at Southwest now. 
It's truly encouraging to me to see that Jesus has been glorified through the life of this church. And yet, this weekend, I want to ask you as I continue to imagine, I want to ask you to continue to imagine an even brighter future. Which brings us to the last of our three words today. We talked about review, we talked about celebrate. What's remember? Yes, it's important for us that we remember as a church that we are just beginning to catch a glimpse of how the Lord wants to work through us as a church. The last passage that I read reminds us that we are to never underestimate the power of God that is at work within us, a power that can accomplish immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now, with that promise, I... I say, let's imagine big. (laughs) Let's imagine great things because the promise is God can do even more than that, immeasurably more. So back in May of this year, our entire leadership team, our elders and our ministry staff took two days off and went off to a local retreat center to read scripture, to pray and to ask ourselves, What is God's vision for Southwest during the next three years? We we also begin to ask you to pray that the Lord would lead us to a compelling vision for our future. Now, to help us guide us through that process of coming up with a vision statement. You see, we've got a purpose statement. It's on the, on the screen behind me. We, we've got a mission statement, following Jesus, making disciples. We talk about that regularly, but we recognize that we really didn't have a clearly defined vision statement. And so we spent a couple days just praying and searching what was God's vision for our future. Now, to help guide us through that process, our our leadership team prayerfully worked our way through some material entitled Leading From Here to There. Now, in the material, the author described the importance of recognizing that which the here is unacceptable. And he he made a good point, because I've fallen into this trap, that that sometimes leaders can can try to paint the picture of the there and say, this is where we're going, but then maybe people in the crowd go, I don't want to go there. And he made a great point that for us to really help paint that vision of where we're going, that we first of all have to, to recognize that where we're at in the here is not acceptable to stay here. Now, as we gathered as a leadership team and talked about that, we said, well, that's kind of a challenge because we were coming off some real high points in the church. We'd just come off of our Easter celebration. We'd had a record attendance of 650 people on the weekend. We'd seen a number of people already be baptized into Christ. We'd seen a number of new people commit to membership here at Southwest. We, we were encouraged. We just opened up phase two with the children's area and the, uh, the children's area, I'm pointing the wrong way, children's area and the student wing uh, being opened up. And so we're kind of feeling good about ourselves. We're kind of flying high. We're saying, man, things are going great here. And then we read through this material, watch videos where it says, you got you to say the here is unacceptable. And we struggled with that a little bit. But then as we kept praying, as we kept reading Scripture, we we really, in many ways, 
in many ways, we're wrestling with this question that we're asking today. Why, why fish for more people? Why fish for more people to come to Christ? And we came across this passage, and it's found in Ephesians 2. And, and I'm going to read out of a, a translation that maybe some of you aren't familiar with. Uh, and every time we put the translations up on the, uh, the scriptures up on the screen or in the message notes, we have these three little letters at the end of the, the, the verse. And people have asked me, what does those three little, little letters mean? And this is, that's the translation that we're reading from. ERV stands for easy to read version. Maybe you didn't know there was such a version, but there is. But listen how the easy to read version reads in Ephesians 2, verses 12 through 13. Remember then the past, you were without Christ. You were not citizens of Israel, and you did not know about the agreements with the promises that God made to his people. You had no hope, and you did not know God. Yes, at one time, you were far away from God. But now in Christ Jesus, you are brought near to him. You are brought near to God through the blood sacrifice of Christ. You see, as long as we were simply looking at how things were going in the here and now in the church, we were kind of satisfied. We were celebrating the blessings that God had given to us. And yet, when we started looking outside the church, we saw that there's a lot of things that we can't just simply close our eyes to. As we just read in that passage, it says that those that are not in a relationship with Christ, that they are going through life without hope. As we wrestled with some of the local demographics, we had to wrestle with the fact that there's a lot of people within driving distance of this building that are living without a relationship with Jesus and that they're living without hope. In fact, as we leaned into the demographics, we found out that within five miles of this building, we were surprised to find out that there are 80,000 people that live within five miles of this building. So within a 10 to 15 minute drive, there's 80,000 thousand people. Then we started asking ourselves, of those 80,000 people, how many of them have a personal relationship with Christ? Well, our job is not to judge, but we, we did want to understand what, what's the mission field that we've been called to. Well, some of the recent statistics say that only 25% of United States citizens now attend church. That's significantly lower than when we started Southwest Church. Back then it was 40 to 50%. Now it's only 25% of Americans attend church regularly. Now I know that that's not the only indicator of whether or not a person has a relationship with Christ, but it is an indicator that if somebody's not attending church, then maybe Christ isn't central to their life. As we started counting up the number of churches in this area, we started trying to think about what size they were, Honestly, out of the 80,000, we, we, we struggled to come up with 10,000 that were attending the churches we were aware of. But, but if the statistics are true, 25%, that'd be 20,000. So we kind of struck the difference and we said, let's say there's 15,000 out of 80,000 going to church. That means there's 65,000 people that don't see the importance of being a part of Christ's body. 
Maybe some of you wondered what these dots on the walls are. You'll see some blue dots and some gold dots. There's a lot more blue dots than gold dots. There's actually 800 dots up on the wall. Each of those dots represent 100 people. The blue dots, there's 650, okay, of those dots. That represents 65,000 people that we estimate within driving distance of this building, short driving distance, are not attending church, which is an indicator that they're not in a relationship with Christ. The gold dots represent those that are attending church, all the churches in this area. Wow, there's a lot of work to be done. Those blue dots represent people that that most likely are without a personal relationship with Christ and without hope. Let's be a church that says we're just one church of many, but we want to make a difference. We want to take seriously this call to be fishers of people and to make sure that those folks have an opportunity to hear about how Jesus has a better way of life for them and how that in him they can have a hope that that will sustain them through the difficulties of life. You see, there's a lot of hopelessness out there in our world. And I'm convinced that Jesus is the answer. I'm convinced that Jesus is the one that's going to make a difference. And so with that said, this weekend, before we close, we want to unveil our vision statement for the next three years. This is 2017. So three years from now, this will be 2020. So this is our 2020 vision. I got some help because I'm not sure if I could reach those. Last night, we didn't have these clips and it fell off while I was speaking. I was building for it and it was already down. It just really blew the unveiling. But here we go. This is our vision statement. Our 2020 vision is bridging the gap to those without Jesus so that no one has to live without hope. Now, our goal this weekend is not to answer all the questions of how we do that. Our goal this weekend is to wow you with the need and to wow you with our vision that we are a church that's going to be serious about bridging the gap to those that are without Jesus so that they don't have to live life without hope. In fact, we want to invite you into the discussion this weekend, how can we do this? This is the why. The question is how can we each individually and collectively bridge the gap to those without Jesus so that no one has to live without hope? I want to give you one practical way. In three weeks from this weekend, we're going to do something brand new here at Southwest. And in fact, it's entitled Help Build Hope. We thought this would be a first good step. So three weekends from this weekend, on Friday night and Saturday, on the 27th and 28th, we're going to partner with Crossroads Missions, and we're going to build two homes on our property for people that need, some, need a touch, need love, need a home. One of them is going to be for a family in Indiana. One's going to be for a family in Ohio. And we're going to assemble the house on the property here. And we're going to put it on a truck and ship it off so that families can be blessed in the name of Jesus. It's just one way that we can bridge the gap to those 
that need some hope in their life. I hope you'll be a part of that. There's a sign-up list in the lobby for that. And we hope you'll be a part of it. It's gonna be like $10 a person. The church will cover the rest of our mission giving and we're gonna build two houses and it'll be fun. We hope to have 200 people plus participate in that. We hope you'll be one of them. We also today have a little gift for each of you. Each, each household is gonna get this gift. And this one's in silver. Most of them are in blue. But it says Southwest Church Bridging the Gap. You see, we all have to play our part of helping build that bridge to those that need Christ and those who need hope. And so as you leave today, I want to encourage you to pick up a board, maybe put it on a bookshelf, put it on a place, and keep asking yourself, how can we as a church, how can you as an individual be a part of bridging the gap to those who need Jesus and need hope? We think it's very appropriate to have that as our vision statement because we serve and follow a savior who did just that. He bridged the gap between heaven and earth so that we could have a relationship with our heavenly father. In our discovery class, we talk about how that sin separates us from God, but it's because Jesus was willing to go to the cross that he bridges that gap and he creates a means for us to have a relationship with a holy God. If you think about it, Jesus is the ultimate gap bridger. And we're called to follow him and seek to bridge the gap with others. But as we close out every weekend here at Southwest, we close out with a time of communion. And let's celebrate that we worship a God that went to great lengths for us to have a relationship with him. We, we worship a savior who was willing to suffer so that the gap could be bridged. In fact, Ephesians 2, it closes out with these words in verse 14. Christ is the reason we are now at peace. He made us Jews and, and, and you who are not Jews, one people. You know, we live in a world that there's a lot of division. There was a lot of division in the first century world, but Jesus was the answer. And I believe Jesus is the answer today for our world. We were separated by a wall of hate that stood between us, but Christ broke down that wall. Through the cross, Christ ended the hate between the two groups. Christ came and brought the message of peace. Yes, through Christ, we all have the right to come to the Father in one spirit. Let's celebrate as we close out this time of worship with the time of communion. And let's Remember what Jesus did so that we could have a relationship with God the Father. As we take the bread, remember he's real. He, he lived and had a real human body. As we take the cup, let's be reminded of the sacrifice that he made so that the gap would be bridged between us and God. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for how you are a great God, how you're rich in mercy. Thank you that you sent your son to this earth so that that wall of separation could be removed. 
so that we could be brought into relationship with you. But help us remember that it came with a great cost, the cost of his life, even shedding blood. Help us remember that during this time of communion. Help us examine our response to you during this time. Thank you, Jesus, for bridging the gap for us. Help us live our lives in gratitude toward you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Southwest Church Teaching Ministries. We are a community of people committed to following Jesus and making disciples. Please join us for one of our three weekly gatherings. Saturdays at 5.30 p.m., Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11.15 a.m.